All right, today I want to share briefly on how to pray. I want us to go to Genesis chapter 4 verse 26. Genesis chapter 4 verse 26. Prayer basically is communication with God, but we know that that is in a general sense. We are always communing with God. So if we leave the definition of prayer to be communion with God or communicating with God, then it means we are always praying. Then telling us to pray always would have been superfluous. The mere fact that the Lord says we should pray every time means we are not praying every time. So though in a sense our continual communion with God in a general sense is prayer, we looking at prayer specifically it refers to the specifics of thanking god asking god petitioning and prevailing on god interceding for people making requests and then sometimes just Commanding and decreeing and speaking the word are also considered as prayer. For example, when Elijah said, There shall be no rain nor dew until by my word, he wasn't even talking to God. But the Bible calls it prayer. In James, he said, He prayed endlessly and there was no rain. But if you go and check, he wasn't even talking to God. He was talking to Ahab. As long as the Lord liveth, there shall be no rain. So he spoke the word of God. So we see sometimes prophetic praying or declarations in prayer. We also see commands that are given. We cast out demons. When we pray and we bind demons, we are not even necessarily talking to God. Nonetheless, we engage God. So we're going to look at prayer, but I want us to look at how to pray. How to pray. Pastor Chris wrote a book on how to pray effectively, and it's a good book, but he narrowed it down to praying in the name of Jesus, asking God something in the name of Jesus and using the name of Jesus to decree things and um, that whole teaching was based on the fact that God gave us the power of attorney in Jesus so that we don't pray through Jesus but we now pray in Jesus instead what that means is that the power of attorney is to give somebody the right to act on your behalf as if it's you acting. So Jesus says, He said, Up to now, you've asked nothing in my name. Up to that point, nothing has ever been asked in Jesus' name. John 16 24. John 16 24. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Up to now, you've not asked anything in my name. Because up to that point, Jesus was talking to his disciples. He was telling them, Up to that point, you have never asked anything in my name. You know, later Jesus gave 
his name to the disciples and um, remember that they said all the demons bow to us in your name but more than that after jesus died and rose we were given the power of attorney so that we can act in the stead of jesus so we are not praying through jesus but we are praying in jesus name. it's not as if we pray then jesus will hear and tell the father in fact he explained that clearly in verse 26 verse 26 he said at that day you shall ask in my name and i say not unto you that i'll pray the father for you he said you ask in my name i'm not saying i will pray the father on your behalf and that day was when he died and rose and the holy ghost came into the church that's when the power of attorney was given to us so that day is the day we are living in where we ask in jesus name and jesus says he will not ask for us but we ask directly because the father himself loves you and has loved you and all that that's verse 27 so he said because the father himself loves you jesus doesn't have to ask anything for you you ask the father directly now so he used that to explain the authority we have in the name of jesus using the name of jesus to do things for example when peter said in the name of jesus rise up and walk he was not begging god when peter said to the cripple in the name of jesus rise up and call he was using the name of jesus okay now but there are things we ask god so he explained in that book that you don't pray to jesus you pray to the father and when jesus said the things that you ask in my name i will do he was trying to explain that we don't pray to jesus we pray to the father in jesus name but you can use the name of jesus to do things for example you cast out demons in jesus name they raise that cripple in jesus name so he wrote a book beautiful book on that effective prayer pastor chris we are kilometer and so you can get the book but this is the summary of the book in addition to that i want to teach you how to pray genesis for our first scripture 26 now look at it to him also there was born a son and he called his name enos or enosh enos or enosh is the same thing then began men to call upon the name of the lord so this is how prayer started obviously we believe in the garden of eden there was some communion because the bible says god came in the cool of the day and we were sure that it was something god was doing visiting the man so there was some communion but i'm sure after the fall they were hiding from god's presence and i think that has been a problem that has been the major weakness the major weakness in prayer has been our inability to approach unto god so we are not told that men pray until here here we read that men began to call on the name of the lord right to set to him also was born a son and 
he called his name Enosh or Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. That's when men started praying. People started praying when Seth gave birth to Enosh. That's when men started praying. That's what the Bible says. This is when men started praying. So we need to find out what correlation is there between the birth of Enosh and prayer. The word Enosh is the word for man. But it actually means mortal man. Seth was a godly man. The Sethites. Seth was a godly man. And Seth saw the fall and saw mortality. So he saw the weakness of the fallen man. So by that revelation, he named his son Enosh, mortal man. It actually means weakness, sickly, and mortality. So it was in the acknowledgement of the human weakness, mortality, that men started calling on the name of the Lord. So prayer started as an acknowledgement of the human fall. Mortality was the reason for prayer. Mortality was the reason, the human frailty, the fall was the reason for prayer. So the reason for prayer was weakness. So all through the Bible, the cure for mortality has been prayer. The cure for mortality has been prayer. So Elias, Elijah was a man, mortal man with like passions. That's what he's saying. But he prayed. And he broke the yoke of mortality. Actually, he even never died. The Bible says, we groan in this body earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house from on high. So that mortality might be swallowed up by life. He said, we groan earnestly. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 2 and verse 4, all tells us that it's through prayer that we'll be clothed with our house on high so that this mortal body will be swallowed up. And then, in verse 23 of Romans chapter 8, when the Bible says that creation is groaning to be delivered from the bondage of corruption, creation is praying to be set free from the fall, from the corruption, from the vanity, from futility. And we who have received the first fruit of the Spirit, we groan, waiting for our adoption to wit the redemption of our body. So the redemption of our body also comes through groaning or through prayer. So prayer started because of the fall, the acknowledgement of the human weakness, mortality. So prayer is the remedy. I've given you enough scriptures already. Prayer is what deals with mortality, sickness. Is any afflicted, let him pray. Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders. Let him anoint you with all. And the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. So prayer is what deals with sickness. Prayer is what deals with human affliction. Is there any afflicted? Let him pray. I want this to sink and settle. Let me say this to you. You cannot solve the human problem, the mortality problem, the fall problem without prayer.
it is not even possible now but i'll show you a very interesting contradiction once prayer is supposed to be the cure for the weakness the weakness itself is the inability to pray the weakness itself is the inability to pray you know why the weakness is the inability to engage our higher nature is our inability to assess the supernatural elias was a man but he prayed and became a superman so elijah was a mortal man but it was prayer that gave him the supernatural dimension so the inability to pray is the reason why we are confined to our low nature so to escape the corruption that is in the flesh we must pray why because prayer is the way we engage the supernatural actually prayer is the way we assess the holy spirit and that's the same way we dispense the spirit so the remedy for the flesh which is the fallen nature is the spirit obviously if you are not in the flesh you are in the spirit if you are not in the spirit you are in the flesh unless you are hanging and there is no man's land you are either in the flesh or in the spirit so the solution to the human weakness is through the spirit but the way we assess the spirit primarily is through prayer now i want us to go to romans chapter 8 verse 26 likewise the spirit also helpeth our infirmities now the infirmity there is the word for feebleness of the body and of the mind he's talking about malady frailty disease infirmity sickness and weakness he's talking about mortality the holy spirit helps our weakness but he said that in the context of prayer listen very carefully the holy spirit likewise the spirit helps our infirmity frailty weakness malady feebleness of body and mind sickness weakness disease likewise the spirit helps our mortality that's it our weakness for we know not what we should pray as we ought because we don't know to pray that's why we are weak so the holy spirit helps us but here he's saying the spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered so he's talking about two things here the holy spirit helps our weakness which is the sickness which is the mortality but the holy spirit also helps the weakness we have as in our inability to pray this is the best teaching you can ever have So two things the weakness of mortality limited to the natural man's ability which is actually feebleness of the body or the mind disease frailty malady and our inability 
to exit that vicious circle. Our inability to break free from this weakness. Which comes through prayer. Our inability to even pray and break through. So the smart thing to do is just to pray by the Spirit. The smart thing to do is to pray through the Spirit or to pray in the Spirit. Simple. That's why the Bible says we should pray our prayer and pray in the Spirit. That's why the Bible says building up yourself on your most holy faith. You strengthen yourself and you build yourself like a high rising tower as you pray in the Holy Ghost. Jude one twenty. And Ephesians 6.18 So The smart thing to do Is to pray By you beloved Building up yourself on your most holy faith Pray in the Holy Ghost They say we don't even know how to pray As we ought to pray We don't even know what to pray for and when we even decide what we want to pray for, how to even pray it, we don't know. But I started by saying that the real problem is not just not knowing what to ask for. You know your needs. Many times what we think is a problem is not a problem. That lack of revelation. So, you think you are doing what you are doing because of lack of discipline. Maybe it's not lack of discipline. It's just low self-esteem. So you are praying the wrong prayer, asking for discipline, when the problem is low self-esteem. You think it's a habit. It's a habit. It's a, I'm praying to break a habit. Maybe it's not a habit. It's the way you see yourself. So many times, we don't even know what to ask for. We have a problem, and we are just looking at the tertiary manifestation of the problem, and we are not dealing with the root. And the leaves can be as thousand so we are dealing with tertiary causes the primary cause we are not able to deal with it so you pray a thousand prayer when actually you are supposed to just be dealing with one thing so we don't know what to pray for and after we've decided this is what to pray for how to even pray it there's a problem now we get it flat wrong Look at Abraham praying for Sodom. He started from 50. There's nowhere in the Bible God says that I want 50 people. He said, I sought for a man. He started from 50 and ended somewhere. Never even got near to what God said. God said, I sought for a man. Abraham said, I was starting 50 men righteous. We just get it flat wrong. And if Abraham had prevailed on God, the whole city would have been spared. But actually, all the intercession was just because of his nephew. So when he got around a figure, he guess, okay, Lord, the wife, the two daughters, the other two daughters, and their husbands, I think I should have made that done, but then he stopped. So he said, ye ask not because ye have not, and ye ask and you have not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your last. It was a selfish desire that eroded the potency of his power and it happens many times we don't know what to pray as we ought to who would genuinely pray for his enemies when the first thing god ever said about prayer jesus ever said about prayer 
was pray for your enemies. The first thing Jesus ever said about prayer is pray for your enemies. But who can genuinely pray for his enemy? You only pray for your enemy by the Spirit. You can't do it yourself. So you pray amiss without the Holy Ghost. So we're talking about the human weakness of mortality, the fall, and all that comes with it, the feebleness of the body and the mind. But we're also talking about the weakness as in our inability to pray. And for both, the remedy is the Holy Ghost. Now, let's look at it again. What is the real problem? What's the real problem? It's a man is weak. So people started praying. What was the real problem? Enosh, mortality, the fall, feebleness of the mind and of the body, the weakness. So what did the weakness do? We can't have revelation. We think in terms of the flesh. We can't see beyond. But what is the real problem? Our inability to approach to God. Because prayer is approaching God. And what the fall did was to create that fear. As soon as Adam fell, he heard the voice of God and he was running from the presence of God. Adam was running away from the presence of God when he heard God's voice. Because of the fall. So, the real problem is our inability to approach unto God. Because that's what prayer is. So what's the solution? Our right standing. Our righteousness. The problem is lack of faith. Our inability to approach to God. That's the problem. And it's as a result of we don't have the right standing. How do you approach God <laughs> when you don't have right standing with Him? Adam was running away. So it's a faith problem. That's why every time they mention prayer, they say believe. There's nowhere you see prayer in the Bible unless I see faith. When you pray, believe. Now, wave to the Lord. So when it comes to prayer... The issue will be breaking the barrier or the barrier between you and God. Which veil is done away with when you turn to the Lord? And the Lord is that spirit. The Lord that I'm saying you turn to is the Holy Spirit. You're speaking in tongues as you are listening. You're speaking in tongues. So prayer is approaching unto God. And the real problem when it comes to prayer is self-alienation and being banished from the presence of God. Being self-banished and alienated. So how do we pray? Pray always with all prayer. Here, 
he is telling us that there are different kinds and forms of prayer. If I want to read some other versions, they pray with all kinds of prayer. And we know there are different kinds of prayer because 1 Timothy 2 verse 1 talks about different forms of prayer or different kinds of prayer. And they are all in plural. 1 Timothy 2. I saw therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Let's stop right there. So we see four kinds of praying here. Now, supplication are earnest entreaties, and it's in plural. Because there are different levels of supplication. Supplications are prayers you pray to prevail on God. When you want God to get out of his way to do something he usually will not do. That's why you employ supplications. Because earnest entreaties. But when something is revealed, and you know the specific will of God regarding the thing, you don't do supplication. You pray a prayer of faith, which is simple. You name it and claim it. When you are praying for mundane things, which are things the Bible says your heavenly father already knows, and you should not ask, because these are the things Gentiles ask for. When you want to ask for those things, you don't spend time praying long. You name it and claim it. We call those kinds of prayer, prayer of faith. But when you are praying prayers of things that are complicated, like destinies, you are praying for nations, you are praying for situations and circumstances that are complicated, you don't even know the exact will of God regarding the situation. That is when you do what we call supplication. You start with prayer of inquiry. Then revelation comes. Then you narrow it down and then you find the specific thing God wants, then you nail it. Now, when you are interceding for an unbeliever, it's not name it and claim it. Because the Bible says the God of this world has blinded them. And the Bible says we must cast down imagination and bring every thought captive. So that's warfare prayer. But you are also petitioning God. Make the grace available. Because people are saved by grace. Through faith. Quicken faith in his spirit. He's a dead man. He can't have faith unless God meets him halfway. The Bible also says we should pray the Lord of the harvest. So we ask God for this. Soul. So there's intercession. Then there are prayers. And intercessions, there are different kinds of intercessions. The Bible says when Elias made intercession for Israel. Ah. There are different kinds of intercession. There are some intercessions, they are like complain. Lord, what are you doing? They've killed all your prophets. They've got their altars. Hewn down all your altars. Elias made intercessions. Petitioning, earnest entreaties, cries. Bible says Jesus offered supplication and prayers with strong cries and tears. Because what Jesus was going to deal with, let me tell you this. Jesus came, walked on the shores of Galilee, healed some cripples, opened the eye of the blind. Those things were not a real assignment. The real assignment was the three days and nights on the cross and in the belly of the earth. So he made supplications. When you are praying for your destiny and your life assignment, 
You can't joke about it for five minutes. Master, when you're asking for bread, shirt, car, ask that one minute, name it and claim it. But when you are praying for, you are traveling until Christ be formed in the saints, whom I travel again, meaning he did it before. There are some prayers, Paul said, I never cease to pray since I heard it. Why? Because it's a lifelong thing. Knowing the Lord is a lifelong. He said, at the end of his ministry, he said, that I may know him. So, knowing the Lord is something you keep praying forever. Praying for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's so important because everything we need is already done. Awaiting our recognition and revelation. The acknowledgement. Thank you, Jesus. So, praying for revelation is key. Michael, you have to keep asking God, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Spirit of wisdom and revelation. Otherwise, you'll be carrying the Bible, you won't see anything inside. You will see the Lord and not even know it's the Lord. You will see an opportunity and not even see this an opportunity. In two broad categories, I see revelation and prayer for capacity as the two most important things believers should pray. After you get revelation, the next thing is your capacity. That's why we pray for faith. We are praying for revelation. Faith is a revelation in a sense, but it's also the capacity of your inner man. You know, we said that the problem was our ability to approach unto God. That's faith. Faith is the strength of your inner man. It's not just revelation, it's the capacity. The capability to stand in God's presence. The capability to stand in God's presence. And the capacity to receive the glory. Because ultimately, what we are praying for is glory. The climax of all prayer is glory. Romans 8 is about the life in the spirit and it climbs with prayer for glory. When the will of God is fully done, when the purposes of God are fully realized, the glory is revealed. Honey, <laughs> be speaking in tongues and be prophesying along, okay? How should we pray? What should we pray for? The Bible says we don't know what to pray for and when we even know, we don't know how to pray. But there are people who prayed in the New Testament. And we can study how they prayed. So you can't sit down and say that the Bible said we don't know how to pray. And so we don't know how to pray. We don't know how to pray. In fact, we don't know what to pray for. And after we found out what to pray for, we don't know how to pray. But there are people who prayed in the Bible. And prayed in the New Testament. Jesus prayed. Paul prayed. I think he showed us how to pray in the New Testament. So you can't sit down and say, we don't know how to pray. And that's all. We don't know how to pray and the Spirit prays. The Holy Spirit helps us. So the best way to pray is to pray through the Spirit. I said that already. But you can't always pray in tongues and not say some specific things. Because you pray with your Spirit and you pray also with your understanding. Paul said that. So we can't only pray in the Spirit. But if you are going to pray with understanding, we must know what to say. Because there are some things not to say. So you go and study all the Pauline prayers. Number one, when I heard of your faith 
and your love. The fruit of the Spirit is the evidence that somebody is born again. So before he starts praying for the, the unbeliever, the only prayer to pray for the unbeliever, ladies and gentlemen, is he should be saved. Even his physical well-being is not necessary. Because at his deathbed, if he can make it, all the sufferings and all the things he's been through in life cannot be compared with what is coming. So all the prayer to pray for the unbeliever is he should be saved. But once somebody is born again, the prayers to pray for the person, I said is what? Revelation and capacity in two broad categories. But look at it. Paul, in all his epistles, the first thing he would do is to thank God. The Corinthian church was giving him a lot of trouble, but he started to thank God for them. And saw them in the eyes of God. He said, you came behind in no gift, waiting. For the coming of the Lord. Wow. You are enriched by him in all knowledge and all utterance. You have no business asking anything if you have not thanked God for what you already have. The problem is actually not that you need more. The problem is you have all and you don't even know it. So start thanking God first. Then you open your eyes to see what you have. So when it comes to thanksgiving in prayer, you must abound in it. And remember that thanksgiving is one of the different kinds of prayers we have. And the Bible says we should pray all prayer. It should include thanksgiving. In fact, it must be first and it must be last. Every prayer Paul prayed, he started by thanking God for them first. Don't wake up and start asking. Wake up and start thanking first. And then when you ask, the Bible says add thanksgiving. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing. But in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Did you see it? Let your request be. Now, did you just see that? He said, the way to give your request to God is through what? Prayer and what? What's the difference between prayer and supplication? Supplication is longer. Supplication is heartfelt, intense. You prevail on God. Now, did you just see that they said, use supplication to even ask God things? But I told you what to name and claim. He said, this thing's a Gentile ask for. You don't ask for them. You just name it and claim it. You can't spend 10 hours asking for something that God gives Gentiles. Things that are complicated. Destinies. Souls. Your life assignment. Christ being formed in people. Spiritual things that are sophisticated. Those are the things you prevail on God over. And those are the things you use supplication. But he said, use this to make your request. But he said, at thanksgiving. So you start with thanksgiving, like Paul always did, and you end with thanksgiving. Now, we're talking about how to pray, and we've said almost everything. Let's look at some things again. We're looking at how to pray. The Bible said we don't know how to pray. But some people prayed. Elijah prayed. I showed you the weakness in Abraham's prayer. It was just lack of knowledge. So he prayed availed, but he didn't avail much. Elijah prayed. All these guys are Old Testament guys. But we find in the New Testament prayers that are New Testament based prayers and also very effective prayers. There are some prayers you pray and that's the end of it. There are prayers that you pray that are collected in heaven as incense 
that can be offered and reoffered. For example, the prayers Paul prayed, we are still praying it. There are some prayers you pray, and that's all. Because just for specific things, so that's all. If I pray for a can, I get it, that's the end of it. But there are prayers you pray that are in heaven. Revelation chapter 8, verse 3, and then verse 5, talk about incense, which is the prayer of the saints. Then somewhere, David also said, my tears are in a bottle. So he's talking about supplication. You can pray for six hours and all those prayers are wasted. It's a spiritual activity. With spiritual destinies, they don't die. Let's look at it. So Paul now begins to pray. And what he does is, from the day ahead of your faith and your love. That is the evidence that somebody is born again. That's the evidence that the Holy Spirit has begun to work in somebody. And so that is where you take it from. What are you going to ask? Check all the prayers Paul prayed. We said prayer is the supply of the Spirit. So all the prayer he prayed was just to supply more Spirit to them. Faith is a Spirit. We are having the same Spirit of faith. So praying for somebody's faith is a supplying faith. Grace is a Spirit. In fact, Bible calls the Spirit of supplication and grace. Actually, when you are praying for somebody, you are supplying and applying grace. Love is a fruit of the spirit. So when you pray, you are releasing the spirit of love. The way you dispense the spirit of love is through praying. Okay? So we pray that, but we also talk about revelation. It's the spirit of revelation. Philippians 1.19. Prayer is the supply of the spirit. Prayer is the ministration of the spirit. Prayer is the dispensing of the spirit. So when you pray, you're actually dispensing the spirit. So he prayed for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. If they are all in the Holy Spirit, but they are supplied through prayer. And the first and the most important prayer to pray for any believer is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. God opened his eyes. Because everything has been done for him in Christ. Open his eyes. Those are prayers you don't stop. You yourself, you only stop when you have received the spirit of wisdom and revelation. But even that, there are dimensions. Amen? So we saw the first prayer, Ephesians 1 from verse 15 to 21. Then we see the second prayer Paul prayed for Ephesians in chapter 3 from verse 14 to 22 to 23. Then in Ephesians 1, he prayed for revelation. And he said that they should know three things. The hope of their calling, the exceeding in fact, the riches of the glory of his inheritance among the saints. These are the three critical things every believer has to know. And then the exceeding greatness of God's power to us. How great is God's power to us? All in Revelation. Then in Ephesians 3, he prayed for capacity. And for capacity, he was asking that we should be strengthened with all might in the inner man by faith. And that is supposed to be done by the Holy Spirit. And then he prayed for love. The love experience or grace. The length and breadth and height of the love of God is actually the grace of God. He said they should experience grace. God should carry them up, down, high death. God should fly. And the Holy Ghost is the one who is supposed to do that. Fly them in the regions of God. In the deep things of God. Push them in. In Philippians, he prayed that their love will abound more and more in all knowledge and discernment. Philippians 1, 9 and 10. 
In Colossians, he prayed that it should be filled with the knowledge of his will. You see, you miss how to pray, especially for the saints, that they should be filled with the knowledge of God's will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Strengthened according to his glorious power. So he was praying for might again. Then he prayed for, please let's go to Colossians 9. And then he prayed for endurance and rejoicing, joyfulness. And I told you that there are different levels of endurance. You can just endure. But somebody is enduring and is rejoicing. He is greater than you. There was somebody who was being killed and he prayed that God, don't spare these guys. Another person was being killed and he said, God, don't lay it on them. There are two different levels of endurance. So here he says, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power. I talked about it. Unto all patience and long suffering. Now, so you have endurance, you have patience. Then long suffering is a higher virtue. But long suffering with joyfulness. So you pray for the fruits of the spirit. The Bible says, covet earnestly the best gifts. We have good gifts. All good and perfect gifts come from above. So we have good gifts. The Bible says, greater is he that prophesied than he that speaking in tongues. So we see a better gift. The Bible says, covet earnestly the best gifts. So good, better, best. Then say, yes, show I thee a more excellent way. And he was talking about love. As a climax of revelation. Now, Moses saw God face to face. In fact, Bible says, and God will come and speak to Moses as a man speaker to his friend. Then later, he said, let me see your glory. And God said, no, Moses, you know you can't see me and leave. Nobody has ever seen me and leave. He came as a man, so he was able to handle that encounter. But me in my glory as God, nobody has seen me and leave. And Moses said, but you just told me that I found favor in your sight. So you see, when God showed him grace, he rode on the wings of grace to assess glory. You know, we all want the gift of word of knowledge and word of wisdom so we can make more money. Because the people they give money to is people who can mention your name, your telephone number, and tell your auntie's name, and tell you who is responsible for that. So word of knowledge is very intriguing and mesmerizing. But I wish that revelatory gifts gives you revelation into the knowledge of god i wish you could see god rather than seeing demons i wish you could see god see the glory of god you'll be transformed into his image you can see all the demons and see everything and see everything it's mesmerizing it's great but when god begins to give you revelation you write on that revelation that grace to access glory we said a climax of life in the spirit is glory the climax of all revelation is glory and the climax of all prayer is glory and i proved it to you from the bible then other things to pray for obviously i mentioned it the bible said we should pray for souls we should pray for our leaders because their decisions affect everybody and then, the most is a prayer for the saints which I dwelt on. 
Alright? So we've been talking about how to pray. Pray according to revelation of where you are with God. You know, some people don't even know that if you don't ask according to your level of faith, you won't even get it. What you are asking is not real if it's not according to your faith. It's just presumption. Can I show you something? Do you know that when Elijah dropped the mantle on Elisha, when he was in the farm, nothing happened? That was how come he didn't drop the mantle on him when he was in Gilgal or Bethel or Jericho until they crossed the Jordan. That was when he dropped the mantle, something happened. Because he did it before and nothing happened. You know how some people can just go about and say, that, well, they think faith is fake. God, give me one million houses, give me 200,000 aeroplanes. Oh, master. What you are asking won't even come to pass because it is not according to your faith. How do I know? You see, if you want to know your faith level, look at what you have done. Your work always reveals your faith. You know why people take certain steps of faith and they fall and they blame it on faith. They say, this whole faith it doesn't work. They don't understand that faith is real. It's like steps. You can jump somebody from class 4 to class 6, but you can't jump somebody from class 6 to the university. If you do that, wahano. So you take the step, you stretch your faith a little, then you stretch it a little, then you stretch it. You don't overstretch it. Now, it's like bodybuilding. The muscles are already there, but you must build it, so you must use your faith. But you can't go to the gym, and where people have mastered, you are going from level one to level six. You kill yourself. You start slowly. So, you pray according to your level of faith, where you are with God. Then you stretch a little. If you have one portion, you can ask for double portion. That's fair. Then, pray according to God's revelation of the future. Then pray according to God's revelation of his will. Then use your faith and grace to prevail on God. Uh, for example, Elijah said, if I be a man of God. You know, Elijah, let me show you his mantle. He was called the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Last two years, my prayer changed. If I be a man of God. And I didn't even understand why I was saying those things. Later, after one year, I realized I was placing demand on my calling and on my office. If I be a man of God. So you use your grace and your faith to prevail on God. God wanted to do something. Moses said, God, don't. God said, I will do it. Moses said, don't. God said, I'll do it. Moses said, don't. God said, I'll do it. Moses said, you can't do that. God said, I'll do it. It took 40 days, but Moses prevailed. He said, he wants to finish the people. And you know what Moses said? He said, the Egyptians will hear and laugh. So God brings you to a place in Revelation, and you use that knowledge to bargain. If Abraham had known that God sought for a man, he wouldn't have started by saying, God, if you find 50 men righteous. That's even over the top, over the bar. Wrong side of the bargain. 
And that's why I said that the real problem is our inability to approach to God. I explained to you how prayer started in the Bible. From the fall, men were running from God. And it was said, who gave birth to a son and called him Enosh, human, weakness. And Bible said, then men began to call on the name of the Lord. He saw the weakness of the fallen man, mortality. And because of the fall, Adam was running from God. The inability to approach to God, that was the problem. Because approaching God will flash all the weakness away. But man is not able to go. All right, so get the tapes or the soft copies, put it on your phone, and just listen and listen. I said a lot of things about how to pray. I actually started by summarizing what Chris Oyakilome taught on pray effectively. And there were just two things actually he taught in that book pray in Jesus, using the name of Jesus, using the name of Jesus as an attorney. Not praying through Jesus, but praying as if it's Jesus who is decreeing. And also, praying not to Jesus, but to the Father. Or you use the name of Jesus. Those were the two things he taught in that book. How to pray effectively. And for the most part, he was teaching on prayer of faith. But I took time to explain all the kinds of prayers we have and how we should pray. I will tell you something before I end this message my intention is not to impress you with teaching about prayers nice teaching on prayer no I started clearly by saying that the Bible says Elijah was a man subject to like passion he was talking about the mortality the frailty of the human man but mortality plus prayer becomes superman mortal man plus prayer he said, but Elijah became a superman and even didn't die. He defied death. And God was so generous to show us how it happened. He said it was prayer. And what I'm in to teach you is how mortality can be swallowed up by life. And I explained that all through the Bible, every time you are dealing with mortality, is prayer. And so my purpose is all of us to key into the supernatural through prayer. I believe that's why God brought Pastor Godwin, just to encourage him that it's good, the thing you are doing by praying is a good thing. So just keep praying. Amen? I said to the church yesterday that this week I'm praying. Even if I'm dying, I'm praying. And we must build our prayer capacity to the point oh I told you that Jesus showed me that the waiting time in the flesh in prayer is 20 minutes for prayer warriors. For the regular man, it's one hour. In fact, that's why he said, can you not just tarry with me for just one hour? And everybody who prays will tell you, it's after one hour that you move out of the flesh. So tangible anointings, anointings that remain with you happen after two to three hours of prayer. In fact, everything in the Bible is two, three, two, three, two, three. That a mouth read two or three witnesses, a matter is established. It is two hours in the word two or three hours in the word or two and three hours in the prayer that tangible anointings happen one hour you use to warm up but for prayer warriors because they pray it takes them 20 minutes the lord said man i said i will show you how to be in the spirit immediately how you can use three minutes to get into the spirit and he did sometimes you one minute to get into the spirit two minutes john said and immediately on the spirit 
If that immediately is not revealing enough, the Holy Spirit would have put it there. You would have said, I was in the Spirit. He said, immediately. Which means it can take time to break into the Spirit realm. Somebody's prayer took 21 days to come. Even that one, it was because he prevailed. His angels was locked up. And nobody knew anything was happening, no. His angels, they locked him up. And when I read that story, <laughs> the way the angel was talking, he said, and I was with them for 21 days. <laughs> that was a smaller angel. So you must have the capacity to command princes, the heavy ones, the heavyweights. You see, you can't put a heavyweight champion and a featherweight, oh, you kill the small boy. So they are all world titles, but they are weights. There are some angels, they command chariots. And Daniel stood in prayer, 21 days old. Hey! The angel said, from the day you said you had to understand, I was released. I was sent. But the prince of Persia withheld me. So now we are praying for the country, ah, just at the tail end. Then we give up. Because we are praying for the government and they are doing well and we think that they should give us some money and they are not giving us money. So then we get angry. But honey, your reward is not from the government. It's not from man. Just pray anyhow. Do you not understand why we do 9 hours prayer, 12-hour prayer? Because these things we are talking about, all this one hour we are praying and then you pray more, you think about your girlfriend more, you pray more. You want to see if there's some message on your phone. You pray small. And they, ah, maybe the children are hungry by now. I have to pick the children from school. And you pray small. And all those distractions. We'll talk about those things in the next editions. Seriously. Yesterday, first service, I was showing the church some things about how to run this race. He's talking about putting aside sin and weight. Carrying weight, you can't run very fast. And the Bible says, with endurance. Because honey, it's, a, it's not 100 meters. It's a marathon. So we talk about endurance. We should run with endurance. But he says something first. We should look away from the world and look unto Jesus. Focus is key. We all with unveiled face, looking at the mirror. There's a way to focus. You know, sometimes people are praying and they are not able to focus. You start praying and then you are narrowing, narrowing. Then you must nail the thing on the head. Then, then you get distracted. You pray around that thing and then you leave it. Honey, when you pray through, you know. You have prayed through. You have broken through. You have dealt with it. You can go and sleep. He said, next shelf, let's pack this one. We've finished with this docket. Close. We've closed this case. We can move on. Those prophets and teachers in Antioch, they just spent time to minister to the Lord. Holy Ghost said, this, this is what you do. They laid hand on them, sent them forth. That docket was closed. The whole New Testament church changed because of that prayer meeting. I want you to be on your feet. So many things happen in the realm of the spirit. I'm talking Elijah, Moses, all those guys are around here in the seventh church service. They'll be rubbing on you. That's what the Bible says. The spirit of judgment made perfect. They're all here. That we are moving things and you are sending angels and you are releasing spiritual artillery they are mighty through god you are employing divine powers power that is available to god is given to you and you are using them 
you are creating and building and pulling down and throwing. So many things happen in prayer. That's why it's so sacred, it should not be taken for granted. That's why you actually need time. I said that's why you actually need time. And today when you are crying to God about your destiny, you know it's the most sacred thing about your life. And you can't joke about it. That's why somebody said, give me Scotland or I die. It's not ambition, no. That's what I'm born for. So God, if you don't give me this land, just kill me. Just kill me. Wow. The kind of prayers that bring revivals are prolonged, intense, heartfelt, earnest entreaties, supplications. Can you imagine Jesus just praying and crying with strong cries and tears? What are you talking about? You must pray and break into that realm. You are crying and rolling and shouting and screaming. Like you're mad. Because he was carrying eternity in his spirit man. All humanity. Now we're going to start prayer. You may start softly like you're doing. And you are loving the Lord and getting into the heart of God. And then as we keep building it, let the explosions happen. Just one of us can handle the problem of this country. Just one, one person in this room can handle it. But it needs some intensity. It needs some compassion. Apostle Mike, you cry to God. Your father, you're either helping this nation or just kill me. And I'm sure if you can pray this kind of prayer for your son who is infirm or diseased or who has a, an abnormality, come on, what are you talking about? He'll be healed instantly. If you get desperate, and cry about that, your child that is limping on one leg or that is deformed in the eye or deformed in any part of his body I know what I'm talking about open your spirit, open your mouth open your mouth oh blessed is the man whom thou choosest whom thou causest to approach unto thee Open your spirit, open your spirit, open your spirit, open your spirit. Open your spirit. Open your spirit. And open your mouth. Yes. The hand of the Lord will come upon you. Yakomis, open your spirit. 
Open your mouth. Open your spirit like a spiritual giant. Decrees that will not pass. That cannot pass. Open your spirit according to the effectual working of his mighty power, according to the energies that are working inside you. Open your spirit. Open your spirit. Access the supernatural. Access the supernatural. Access the supernatural. Access the will of the Father. He smiled like a open your spirit open your mouth don't stop open your spirit jesus said pray may not to pray nothing pray with us season don't stop Oriasa, Hikiaka, Hondahisa. Pray. As he go carrying you in the spirit, as he go carrying, fly with you. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Ahike Hukoso. Ahike hiko hu santo. Ahike huko mi sahata. Ahike kuo kuo suheke toso. Badila maya komasa. Open your spirit. Your desperations. Earnest entreaties. Prolong intense heartfelt prayers, effectual fervent prayers. Hayo kuyondosia, holi akuasia tulaya, hali akumashikari arobosa, leki makura bahasa. According to the burden of the spirit, prayer for Benin Republic, prayer for Burundi, prayer for Algeria, prayer for Morocco, prayer for South Africa, 
pain interceding for kings those in authority prayer for the will of God for the church to be established in all the will of God supplication for the saints prayer for revelation wisdom faith love long suffering with joyfulness strength in the inner man my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus I see mantles I see mantles I see mantles falling I see 23 mantles 23 mantles whoa 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 it's coming it's coming it's coming I see God setting your house in order.
story change I see new anointings and mantles on you I see God has increased you in the spirit Ready to be praised. 